This is the Teaching and Learning Podcast from the Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation at Lethbridge College in Southern Alberta, Canada. Located on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy, it is the intent of our college community to honour the land from a place of connection and provide an avenue for us all to come together in a holistic way to share stories and learn from each other. Tune in, hit play, and get inspired as guests share their stories and ideas on the dynamic, ever-changing landscape of education, teaching, and learning. I am Donna McLaughlin, a learning experience designer in the Centre for Teaching, Learning, and Innovation at Lethbridge College, and I am the host of the Teaching and Learning Podcast. Welcome to episode number 18 of The Little Pod. Our guest today is Sherry Boker, Lethbridge College's Chair of the School of Spatial Design Technologies. We'll be talking about flexibility in learning through virtual and augmented reality, also known as VR and AR. Welcome to the podcast, Sherry. Thanks so much, Donna. I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. Well, I'm really excited to learn more about the programs. Um, this is an area that really interests me. So um, maybe let's get started by uh, if you could just explain a little bit about your role as the chair for the School of Spatial Design Technologies. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love talking about our school, to be honest. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, this school started, I think, approximately a year and a half ago. Um, we have, uh, I moved here six years ago and, and came into a teaching role with the Interior Design Technology Department, that program. And from that, we built up two other programs, virtual and augmented reality, as well as architectural animation technology. Um, and so with those three programs together with Interior Design, we have this school, we work together, we have common curriculum and I have the best team on campus. I have to say, I have to brag. Yeah, it's great. Well, that's fantastic. And I find these programs fascinating. If I could do it all over again, I think they would really interest me in, in going into something like that. So what does VR and AR look like for the students and for the instructors? Well, you know, it's really interesting. It's it's difficult for me as um, someone that will be turning 50 this year, honestly, to keep up with all the terminology. So it's a great opportunity to even share what all of this means. VR, I think everyone knows, stands for virtual reality. Um, and I'll explain that. AR is augmented reality. And these days we have a new one, a new term, really, it's not that new, but XR, my team is going to kill me for saying it's new, XR, which is extended realities. And so we have really um, added this into our learning and to our projects and to the things we do in every single area in the school. So VR, you're going to put on a headset. I don't know if you've ever done it, Donna, but it's exciting. You immerse yourself into a space. It uh, could be a space for education. It could be a historical experience or a museum. It could be a building. Um, and so you put that headset on and fully immerse yourself where augmented, augmented reality has more to do with being in the world you're in and augmenting that world. And we all know about this because we all have that filter. <laughs> I think it was snapshot filter or something we've added from our phone. That's really AR. It's taking what we have and improving it, I guess, if you will. Um, and so extended reality is really, um, talks about all of those worlds and, and, and works them all in together, but with our learning. I think what I really like to focus on is just really the, the word immersion. And so we're all about immersion, if you will. So it's a ton of ways that we can Im Im immerse yourself or uh, immerse ourselves into educational experiences and go from there. That's a great example. And I like that word because I, I did have an opportunity to try out a virtual reality headset 
about a year ago when I watched a film called Traveling Well Black. And I found it particularly powerful because of the experience of being immersed in the environment. Absolutely. You know, when you study the mind, and so in terms of neurology, we do believe what we see and experience. And, and especially for visual learners, this changes the game for people. Um, I'm in the world of architecture and design. And so um, to be able to design something and then have your client go through and change it while they're in there is, is mind blowing to them. It changes the end result. And I could go on and on and on about how approvals and that process really changes for us. And so we're really, really unique. Um, I think a unique school and set of programs in Canada. And I'm really proud of, proud of our school. Oh, that's really exciting. And I, and I love that you've touched on the learning aspect as well. So how does uh, your programs uh, translate into flexible learning. Absolutely. So that word immersion, I'm going to bring that up again, because we sort of are getting rid of some of the old rules that the classroom has to look a certain way or be a certain way. Um, COVID hit all of us, hit our world really strongly. But when any tragedy or difficulty might hit, I think innovation can really be birthed. And so with that, we have embraced a variety of ways to learn. Um, online, um, digital learning, jumping into uh, VR together uh, in alt space environments where we can have a social experience together in a virtual world where we're separate, but we feel like we're near, hear, talk, see each other's avatars, things like that. We are open to synchronous learning, asynchronous learning. We record the lessons. We literally are like, if you want to learn this, technology, software design, um, whatever, just tell us how that will be. And we, we are going to design a system for you. So it's, it's been really, really interesting. This has been our first pilot year for high flex learning, combining our online students with our face-to-face -face students. It's seriously going so well. And almost half of our students are online. So what a client base. Yeah. That's really amazing. So they can be anywhere. Yeah anywhere in the world, which has been great. So even with some of the COVID restrictions and having our international students, and I love our international students, um, not quite able to come yet in September, they didn't miss it. They didn't miss a beat. They were able to still be there with us. I have a student in AAT. I'm going to uh, throw a shout out to Tyler Holt. Tyler Holt, you are an inspiration as a first year student uh, coming in and just and just taking the time to write an email as an online student to say, I feel like I have a community and I'm remote. And how how is that possible that I feel like I know everybody? And I would say that's because we have live classes. We're just more 2D and we're screen based, but we're chatting and we're commenting and 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 students aren't left alone. That's fantastic. And that really speaks to how learner-centered your program is. Everything that you're saying uh, really, really uh, resonates with that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's all human-centered design, I guess, hey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So can you talk about some of the projects that you've been working on? Yeah, in the, in the uh, college, oh my goodness. Well, one of the very exciting things that gives back, if you will, because I sort of adore ecosystems. So I, I have a bit of a math science um, computer background, but um, 
anytime a student can work with the college on a project, we tend to work with our CTLI groups and on feasibility studies and what would a space look like if it was designed this way. And our students still do build that out in a 3D model and uh, can really showcase what things will look like with actual furniture and walls moved and things like that. So that part's great. But we've been slowly, I, I don't want to say secretly because it hasn't been a secret, although I don't think too many people know about this. Um, we've been slowly taking the plans of the college and building this out into a three-dimensional virtual environment. And for anyone in this industry, once you have a model, that's the time-consuming part, then that can translate into a game engine or a real-time experience or a social environment. And I'm telling you, Donna, you can have classes in there. You can have classes in there in the future and um, meet in there. And uh, we, we had our first event in our center core, our college center core. It's called Merging Realities uh, last June. So almost... Um, Oh gosh, not last June, a few months ago, June. Yeah. And we had people from all over entering in, visiting the space. We had sponsors. We were able to make it our center core, but better. <laughs> so a little cleaner. I don't know. Our center core is super clean. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was, it was really cool because we could talk in there and meet and, and collaborate. That's really amazing that you can, you know, not just have the virtual environment, but have a version of the real environment. For myself, I'm a, an online student with Queen's University and I've never set foot on the campus. I have no idea what the campus looked like. And if there was an opportunity like that, I think that would really help me connect to the campus. So I can see how that would really help students that particularly students at a distance connect with the physical campus. It's amazing. And you know, it's an interesting conversation because when we were building out merging realities and we had a bunch of industry come and speak and it was wonderful, we're going to do it again. So stay tuned for that. I hope that everyone can come. Initially you think, well, the virtual world should be exciting and better and different, but we know from brand recognition, there's a brand to spaces. Like you can brand a space. And once you have that three-dimensional recognition, I mean, it's a game changer. So I think it can really affect online students, like you say. Um, like you too can come to Center Core, or you too can visit our classroom because we have it. It's already built. What does that mean for Open House? How could that change Open House? Can we have students join us that way? And if you have a headset, you can join and be immersed. But if you don't, it's still possible to join on a computer. It just works like a game, if you will. You you move about through the game, and it's very exciting. So we're very very pumped about that. It's super fun. So you mentioned open house, and I think that would be fantastic, particularly maybe, you know, some students always have a little bit of nervousness and anxiety before coming to post-secondary. So what would look, that look like for open house? I imagine this, I'll tell you my imagination. <laughs> I imagine that real open house uh, merging itself with the virtual open house. And so, so can you imagine that students are coming, the ones that want to be there um, in person, being able to connect with on bigger screens, the virtual open house happening in the, at the same time. There's so much um, that we're building that I'll, that I'll even share today, just about the metaverse and, and, and that world existing at the same time um, that our real world exists. And, and what does that look like? So we even have an event for interior design technology that we've always had called surrender. Well, what would it look like if we had surrender while merging realities is happening on the big screen and you're, you're existing in both in a way, it's kind of ready player one, you know, if you've ever seen that movie, it's that kind of idea. And so um, I think that it, it allows 
people to be who they are and to be not forced into environment that they're an environment that they're not, not comfortable with, but to join in that digital world, if that's the environment that they're comfortable with. And it allows students that want to be face-to-face to do that and allows you to connect according to maybe your learning style and your personality, which I think, why not? Why not? Why force somebody? Why force? What did my mom used to say? Why you can't put that square peg into that round hole or whatever. So why not let us be who we are and design for that? That's perfect. And that really speaks to the flexibility. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I want to say one more thing about that. You know, what about people that work? Uh, what about getting industry into our classroom? See, and I think they, they haven't been able to come before because they have jobs during the day and so forth. And so now we have industry um, in our architectural animation tech program. We have architects in our classroom. They can join us uh, in an asynchronous format after watch the lesson, still be part of the group work, but they're able to still take the, that diploma because they don't have to be there at a specific time necessarily. It doesn't work for their schedule. I love that. It, it's really uh, raising the bar. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's great to have that connection with industry, both, you know, both from the industry side, as well as from the student side. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It just kind of snowballs upward, if you will. <laughs> so we always ask um, about innovation and you work in an intrinsically innovative field already, but what does innovation look like for your department? I think um, I, I'm very fascinated. I'm, I'm super in love with, if you will, anything innovative for me is interesting, inspiring, causes me to um, be motivated, I guess, if you will. You know, I, I think often of wellness and what does that mean? For me, it really means opportunity to grow, learn and be innovative. And, and so I think, how do we, the question would be, how do we bring that into the classroom? How do we um, work with faculty to feel inspired enough to also become very innovative? I think that's very, very important. We have a team that really works together on that. So I'll share a few things that we're doing that I think are really important. One of the things that we do each term is to say, what are you teaching? And uh, do I know it? And can I come to your class? And so we each just naturally attend each other's classes to be in a constant state of learning. I'm not sure if um, every department or other departments do that or not, but we have learned to teach each other uh, the things we know because we come, we're a very diverse group. And I think that's been really interesting, helps us to work on our strengths and almost um, team help, team share. You know, I have uh, people that will come and, and share detailing information in my class because it's not necessarily my skill set. And then I'll go special speak in their class for a couple of classes on something technology. And I think that's wonderful. And we're very excited about that. We also love to walk through our students' projects and learn from within that world. Um, I had a meeting yesterday with our illustration or drawing instructor, and I said, have you ever tried drawing in 3D? Like putting on the glasses and just using one of the applications to, to draw and create in th that 3D world. And we're like, let's do it. Like, let's do this at Christmas and um, explore that and possibly have students enter back into the headset to draw in 3D. It is game-changing. You enter a world where you're building architecture or furniture, imagine that, and it is the size it would be. You're designing it in the 3D world and you're walking around it and looking at it. So those types of things, I think, um, create a certain level of excitement for the student. They feel a part of, of what you're teaching. It's not podium lecture-based all the time. It's really experiential. I don't know. Those are a couple of things that I think are innovative in our area, <laughs> to name a couple. <laughs> Yeah, that's wonderful. That sounds really exciting. And, you know, I just think back to, you know, kindergarten, 
every time you draw, you're drawing in 2D. So to be doing that in 3D. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting what some of those applications can do in terms of workflow, because, you know, those can then come out of that space and move on to um, architectural space where it turns into a plan. And I mean, I think we even need to educate our industry on some of the things that we're doing in building Um, in our VXR program. They are, they are not just creating games and so forth. They're creating valuable experiences for education, for agriculture, for healthcare, fitness, like this is an exciting area to go into if you love the programming world and, and have an interest in, I don't know, um, physiotherapy or depression in the elderly uh, or all sorts of things that that immersion can really give us a different um, life experience for. So um, I think sometimes it's just educating the public. You know, we just don't always know what we don't know. So come to one of our classrooms and find out. I think that'd be fun. That's great. That's a great invitation. And I really get excited when you talk about the education side, because I know, you know, the experience, the few experiences I've had were very powerful. So I can see it's probably just the tip of the iceberg in the education potential side. Absolutely. I mean, where can we go? And, you know, we don't really just love change for the sake of change, but I think being able to pivot is an important skill and, um, change if change means innovation if change means growth if it means moving in a direction or you're going this way but that didn't work so you just go around and you continue forward um i'm really passionate about that and so is our team and so um i mean designing education experiences is just another form of design so we're like the masters of design i think if i can say that and it keeps us interested and learning and growing ourselves That's amazing. Um, And I could totally relate to that. Um, You mentioned uh, innovation is wrapped up in motivation. And um, so what motivated you or drew you to the world of VR and AR? Oh, okay. Here we go. This is a story that I love to share. So I'll, I'll share with you. I actually um, am from the Toronto area and I, uh, I grew up um, kind of a, a couple hours North of Toronto in a little town called all or kind of around the Barry Collingwood area, if anyone knows that area, but I taught at Sheridan college for 15 years there. So I do come from an animation sort of tech school, um, a wonderful college that I loved my time there. I also taught at a college, Georgian college up in Barry, Ontario. And, uh, it's a small world because I've then met some of those people in Calgary. So we've moved West. And, um, when you're from Ontario, you know, that if someone's moving West, they're not coming back. And so even though my mom continues to hope I'll be moving home, sorry, mom, um, I have found a home here and uh, have have loved it. So my kids and I moved across the country six years ago for a position in the interior design technology program as an instructor. It was myself and NAMA uh, team uh, teaching and working with students with the goal of growing and changing and innovating in that program. And so Um, you know, in the first year here, we doubled and kind of started with seven students or eight students. And then the next year it was 21. I can remember the numbers very clearly. The year after that, it was 32. The year after that was 51, but we had sort of uh, created the architectural animation technology program and had a part in the virtual and augmented reality program. And so over six years, we are now a school and one that was just a vision at that time. And so, um, yeah, I, I kind of always loved animation and always loved illustration. And it was moving to Alberta, though, um, having an office across from one of our researchers, Cal, who connected me. 
to people, connected me to people in the world of VR, connected me to other program areas. And I uh, was probably an early adopter in that sense because I wanted to try it. And I thought, oh my goodness, imagine if the world of architecture and the world of gaming came together. What could we build together? And so I became very curious about that. So we really brought VR in, I think by year two or three, uh, really with into the interior design technology program and students loved it. You know, it's, it's a very, very, very cool experience. And it's very interesting to be in a 3D world that feels real uh, and have something change. Like they can say, let's, let's see it with uh, this kind of cabinet. Let's see it with the color blue and, and get that really instant feedback. So there's my background. I mean, I didn't start out in design. I was a math and computer science major initially, jealous of all the architecture students, but I went on to get um, an advanced diploma in design and then a degree and then eventually a master of science in interior architecture. And um, my business has moved sort of towards technology, but uh, te technology and sustainability, I would say. So I, I do love to share what I know with my students and um, show them what I work on uh, at midnight or whatever <laughs> on the side, but, uh, but it's, it's just um, constantly growing and staying inspired, I think is the key. I want to go back to micro-credentials. I believe you mentioned a little bit about that earlier. And what is the connection there between micro-credentials and your programs? Micro-credentials is sort of a little bit new. I think it's always kind of, I feel like it's always lived in the world of education as an idea. Um, but where it's becoming more common, now that we're not like, traditional industries necessarily. We're so much more in uh, worlds of digital art and the metaverse and, um, oh gosh, it, gaming, like all sorts of things. The question then would be, how do we, if you can form this into a human-centered design question, how might we create training opportunities for people in little nuggets, if you will, um, because they need specifically to know this. Um, they've been in industry, like we have interior designers in our, in our city that took interior design 15 years ago, 20 years ago, but they never learned how to 3D model. That wasn't even a thing back then. So how might we uh, upgrade their skills, say? Or what if we were able to take some skills and create a package of sort of some training, but we could credential that or give credit for that in some way so that if they ever wanted to fully take this program, maybe it's an interior designer that wants to come into architectural animation, but they just need these skills to get in. That sort of idea I think is really good. So there's a use for it. I think another use for it would be what does it look like if you put them together in a row and line those up? Uh, can we make it like a building block where you add on and build it and then eventually end up with some sort of certificate or diploma? Is that a possible thing? I mean, why wouldn't it be, right? So I think the idea behind this is um, it becomes again an ecosystem, a word that you will hear me say a lot, an ecosystem of community, learning, education, knowledge, um, camaraderie. And, and we can really focus on uh, staying current in our training, in our diploma programs, while branching out and having uh, general interest things like, seriously, I'm thinking about game design, fashion, um, decorating, home staging. I mean, wouldn't you love to come for a home staging <laughs> a few weekends or something like that? I think it's very, very fun. So uh, sky's the limit with, with that, I think. And I'm, I'm thinking a lot about it. I'm looking into it in a, a great way. Um, what are ways that we can lead at Lethbridge College in this area? Um, oh, I'm so inspired when I think about it because it, it's not 
a huge commitment and you can try a lot of things. And, and when I say it's not a huge commitment, I don't even mean that in a negative way. I mean that as in, um, it handles retention issues and find the right program fit and upgrade for industry. I mean, what doesn't it solve? You know, it's like gravy. <laughs> well, gravy is good for everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, it's bite size. It's kind of yes. like a sample. And, and I know I can think myself of, of, you know, people that I know that are thinking about going back to school, but, you know, they're a little hesitant to make a big commitment because, you know, they're not really sure is, you know, is this or that program the right thing for them? So, you know, having the opportunity to take a smaller piece and try it out and, you yeah. know, see, is that a good fit for me? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, the other, the other part of that and, and where we really began, I think about three years ago is we, we have, and I don't mean we are college, I mean our world, <laughs> the education system in general tends to be a closed environment. You get accepted or you don't, you come or you don't. And I just want us to be open. Like I want the doors open. So if you want to take, you just, you're like, I really am curious about drafting, or I really want to have a, a coding class. That's, that's an introduction to coding. Well, this program has that, uh, come take just that, uh, register in this kind of way and talk to me and we'll get you into some of those things. And that almost is the prequel to what micro credentials could look like if we started piecing those things together. So, um, yeah, Donna, you need to come take AutoCAD or, you know, maybe it's 3d modeling or something. I don't know. So yeah, join us. And, and then even the first part of that would be just to sit in on a classroom. Like people don't want to jump in all the time come to our class. We'll welcome you. We'll, I don't know, we'll clap for you. We'll do like remote expressions, like happy celebratory things. I don't know. It's really fun, but it, it allows you to, um, get a feeling and a flavor for what we're all about. And we'll get you, you'll want to come more. If you come once you'll want to come more. I know you will. <laughs> oh, I, I am sure that I will. Yes. Yes. Because even, you know, the things you're talking about, it's like, Oh yeah, that, that sounds really interesting. And I, I, uh, true confession. I'm quite an addict of HGTV. Of course. Of and course. So, so any opportunity I get, cause we don't have cable, but any opportunity I get to watch any of those home repair shows or the design shows, I just love them. Mm -hmm. So I watch them, you know, anytime I can. And so I think that world would be absolutely fascinating. Totally. Totally. And people just don't, uh, people are very insecure sometimes about these worlds. They're not sure what to ask and, and so forth, but there's some cool things we can do. And I'm just, um, I'm, it's only just begun. It's only just beginning. Stay tuned because, um, oh gosh, I mean, it's, it's all I can say. It's only just begun. I want to explore so many worlds that I know the community is interested in, and it's not just our community now. So with high flex learning, it could be, you know, you could be sitting in a room, um, with people all over Canada where they're joining in on a screen, but you're there in person and, what a, what a way to connect. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fantastic. Um, you mentioned also, uh, about a business that mm -hmm. you, you have a business. Can you talk more about the business that you have? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, my husband and I started, uh, a company called smart home. Um, trying to think when that was three years ago, I guess. And we're just, our, our mission or passion is to make homes more sustainable. I have flipped a lot of houses in the Toronto area and, and now I'm, I'm becoming much more interested in sustainability, net zero, geothermal, solar systems by which we can live, um, 
and not hurt the environment. So where what's come out of that is um, our child company, if you will, called The Architect. I do a lot of it through this, I, you know, a lot of work through the summer mostly, but um, this is where you can visualize that space. We don't want to break ground and build products that aren't sustainable. And so I think allowing people to see what's possible, having a smaller footprint, facing south and grabbing some passive solar, uh, changing materiality of a home, um, helps you to embrace things without having to commit yet to buying that. Do you know what I mean? So that's where VR is very useful. Um, so yes, we have this company that's about illustration and it's about modifying um, structures for people, um, new and existing to become more sustainable. Yeah, I'm passionate about growing food, uh, like just a whole bunch of things, growing food. You know, again, the home should be an ecosystem that gives back. Um, so again, more to come on that. But uh, we started that, I think the architect sort of joined the smart home group a couple of years ago. Okay, you mentioned about five things there. I know, I, I know, I realize totally I'm fascinating. Like so many things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the sustainability aspect is fantastic because that is always something, you know, when I watch some of these shows and they're tearing stuff out and just kind of throwing it away, you know, it's a concern too. Oh gosh. Yeah. This fast fashion idea, and it happens in, in clothes, it happens in all area of fashion, if you will, home fashions, clothing, whatever. Um, I'm just, I just want to be more responsible than that. There's, there's so much even food waste. How do we learn about systems that, you know, gosh, I could go like the science of it really, really fascinates me. How do we not waste food and turn it into uh, nutrients for new food? Um, we have, um, a little bit of, um, an, um, aquaponics system in our home where we grew, grow, uh, lettuce, um, dill, uh, I'm trying to think of all the things we're growing right now, kale, lots of healthy stuff. And it, and happens all year round with led lighting. And it allows me to, to eat organically. Cause I do have some food reactions. So it's really helpful to my health, but we're just really passionate about that. It's like, if the sun can provide warmth and if we face our home a certain way, just to give you a small example, and we have a material like concrete or something that's uh, masonry of some sort that will absorb that heat and we harvest the sun that we already have here, why would we use energy if we don't have to? So um, yeah, that's what our company's about. And that's, I really teach a lot of that in our, in our school, in our program. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I really love the connection there. Uh, between the sustainability and and then all of the innovative stuff as well. Thank you. Yeah. And you also mentioned uh, flipping houses. So if you ever develop a micro-credential on flipping houses, I would be the first to you sign, sign up. up? Oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. I, I've got to tell you, it would be my favorite thing to micro-credential, if I could be honest. It would be my favorite thing to teach. I used to teach a lot of home staging to realtors and to uh, just people that are like, I I'm selling my home, but I don't even know what to do. Uh, there's always that functional side as well as the visual side for what people are drawn to. I love the psychology of it. I love talking about environmental psychology. Um, and so, okay, I will email you Donna when I run that. Yes, I will email you that. And I need to be the one to teach that because I'm so passionate about that. Um, a lot of people spend a lot of money on, and it's, that's just another area of sustainability. We have to be financially, we have to be financially, uh, sustainable, I think in our world too. So there's ways, there's little tricks and ways to refinish things and, and use items that exist today and restore. And, and so, yeah, I'll definitely sign you up. Okay. That would be perfect. Okay. I would perfect. love that. Done. Done. <laughs> 
I do want to say something about our programs, just to go back to the beginning, if, if we can. Um, one of the really nice things that I think about our school and, and then pursuing some other things in micro, the micro world, uh, micro credential world, would be that we have some connectivity of courses. So uh, for example, you could take the interior design diploma in two years, interior design technology diploma, and learn about uh, and a lot of people think that's decorating. It is not. It is not decorating. It is floor plans and millwork and elevations and restaurant designs. And when I say designs, I'm talking about floor plans and um, lighting and ceilings and, uh, of course, finishes too and, and so forth. But after you get that diploma for one other year, one extra year, with not even totally a full course load, you can get the architectural animation technology diploma in just one year. So you can get those two diplomas in three years. To come for the three years for those is a great situation. And so we, we do have students doing that and then becoming employed because not only do they know all about design, building code and planning, but the architectural animation tech program focuses on high quality marketing material and animations and immersive experiences for architecture. So that's really exciting. Likewise, the architectural animation tech program and the VXR program are connected. And so they have common curriculum. They have different skill sets, each of them and, and, and so forth. But I think it's a great idea for students to take the architectural animation tech and the virtual and augmented reality certificate together, both of those in three years. And so I shouldn't say we offer you a deal, but it's a deal. It's a great package because we're not wasting any time to learn all of that stuff. We're really thinking about, well, this is 3D modeling and this is 3D modeling. You're coming together and you're going to learn with students in a different area. And it's actually very rich. So that's one thing I did want to share. I think that's exciting. I also want to talk. I had some uh, guests over for dinner the other night and I couldn't stop talking about the metaverse. And so I want to talk a little bit about the metaverse. I don't know if you've heard, Donna, have you heard about the metaverse? Do you know about this world? <laughs> so I, I've only, me. yeah, I've only heard the term. Yeah. Um, and just recently, like I would say within the last few weeks, really. We are very much exploring those worlds. They are virtual worlds. And it's such a strange thing for someone in my demographic age group, whatever. Um, but this is the thing now. These are virtual worlds that exist that you can buy land on, build on, uh, and it's virtual. And eventually immerse yourself in and, um, and exist in. Buy, sell, meet, have social events, learn, whatever. You never know where these things are going to go, but I will say to you that I want to be on the front end of that and help to shape that and help to uh, work with people doing that. And so I'm in some discussions with some very interesting people about what they're doing in these worlds. And of course, we're keeping our students educated as well on this. So lots of cool things going on there. Stay tuned. But um, uh, it would be something for people to look into. It's pretty exciting. I mean, there's it's, it's an interesting thing because there's land and I don't know, there's so many companies out there right now. We're just watching We're like, people are buying like islands are selling out. So what will happen here? I probably, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. And, and then they sell assets and then they're working on making avatars that look exactly like me. So I don't know if you've gone into the virtual world and you just look like a cartoon, but these avatars are going to, you can look like yourself and have special powers and uh, things like that. I'm not a gamer, but kids like that demographic coming into our world, they are. And so, I mean, if you asked me, let me think 
15 years ago, would everybody just buy things online? I'd be like, Ooh, I don't know if that's very safe. I'm not sure. We are super Amazon-y now. Like, I mean, not to pump a company, but we purchase a lot of things online now, even back in college, the internet was brand new. So when I started college, the internet was new. Donna, think of that, (laughs) the internet. So I was like, I don't really see the point of this. Like you were going HTTP colon, and then you type a thing and you'd get like some sort of DOS thing. Um, And I loved programming, but I was like, not sure. I don't know if this is really going to (laughs) fly. So (laughs) if you can think about the world in that way, uh, you know, and this will, we will just be so immersed in these um, real time experiences and, and immersive environments, um, augmented environments. It'll just happen to us. And so rather than that be the case, I think in our area, I want it to happen with us. I want to be there with these companies. I want to be building it with them, uh, working it into curriculum, partnering. Um, that's all I could, I wish I could tell you, but it's just, it's some cool conversations for having. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really amazing. And you know, you're staying right on top of exactly what is current right now. Absolutely. And I think it's important because our students know about it. So we better too, (laughs) right? We better too. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to your students, um, can you talk about some of the places where the students are finding jobs and finding employment? Absolutely. I'll, I'll kind of go back into our my history book, if you will, for our program, we really uh, embraced partnerships early on. We've had some competitions with um, specifically Ashcroft. We're very, very grateful to Ashcroft uh, in partnering with us a few years ago. We love them. They are our friends, um, our partners. We worked with them for three years and they, and they worked with our students. So I just sort of shout out to Brock and Dave and, um, all, all everyone, Samantha at Ashcroft and working with our students. And what they did is they had a competition to say, um, you all are going to design a house. If you win the competition, you're going to get a scholarship. You, we will build your house. What? So they built the house. Um, and then they worked for Ashcroft for a while and went through that process. And it was very, very exciting, I think, and, and mutually beneficial, I thought, I think. Uh, but they would come into our classroom, give of their time and critique these student projects. Um, that's just the start of it. And, and we love that. Last year, we uh, partnered up with Charmed Playhouses or Charmed Resorts. Oh, yeah. Okay, so people, yeah. Yep. And so he took on a, a whole bunch of our students, brought them into the office. They would um, help him design and then model out some of those resorts and working alongside them as well. He loves three, the world of 3D printing. Okay, how, what's the workflow for that? So we would kind of learn all about that and, um, and find out about that. So that was very exciting. I'm trying to not leave anybody out just to name a few. Alvin Fritz has partnered with us uh, for architecture and architectural animation, generously gives our students a, a scholarship, joins us at every event, sponsors our events um, and supports them. And, and so when, I, when we are talking about some of the projects we work on, we're, you know, of course, some are going to be fictitious or fundamental, but these are projects with architects that, um, or builders or designers and so forth that these students get to do. So all that to say they've gone on to work in these industries. We have a couple of our grads working with Alvin. Um, Diamond Schmidt joined us last year. Diamond Schmidt designed the building that we're in at the college. And so I'm like, well, that's a, that should, 
be a connection. And so, um, you know, they start to see what our students are doing. They're out of Toronto, but you know, like there's some benefit there. They stay here and work uh, remotely in some cases. Um, some of our students go on to do kitchen bath design. Some of our students go do animation work for architects. Some of our, of our virtual and augmented reality students are working for, uh, as sort of more on the spatial side in game design or um, programming positions or research positions that they connect with at the college. So kind of is a, an area that gives back to them. We've had some cool uh, students working on some cool, cool research. Um, so that's just to name a few, I think. Students kind of come into the program, maybe expecting one thing, like the VR students think, am I gonna be playing games? No, you're gonna be programming and building experiences. Interior design students sometimes come in and think, will I be decorating? only a little, <laughs> mostly you'll be planning and looking at three-dimensional space and understanding environmental psychology. Um, so, so the world is your oyster, as they say, is that the expression? I don't know expressions very well. Maybe that's the expression. It's what you want to make it right. So, um, we have students going on to finish degrees after we have a transfer agreement that they can go on and finish a, a bachelor's with just two more years. Um, and some of them have moved and gone on to work in Edmonton or Vancouver or Toronto. So, um, that's where it gets exciting for me is to keep, and I keep my finger on them because I add them to Facebook. So I watch their lives and I want, and it's pretty fun and exciting for me. So, yeah. Well, it really sounds like they come out with a really broad range of skills so that, you know, it sounds like their op opportunities are really broad and diverse. Very much, very much. And we've had some, we've had some attention. Like um, we were in for Canada's 150th birthday. We were in the Canada's top 150 uh, schools. I don't know if, if, I don't know if anyone really knows this at the college much, but Canada's top 150, there we were Lethbridge college at that time. It was only in the interior design technology program, but listed picture of me, unfortunately, I hate seeing myself in those pictures, but in VR, um, and so that was an exciting thing. And we've also been in McLean's magazine, I think for three years in a row um, on the university's special uh, edition or something like that. So some exciting things there. We're starting to get uh, interest and attention in other parts of Canada. People are flying here and then coming to Alberta and staying. I had a student a couple of years ago come fly in for open house. Uh, come and want to take the two programs and immediately get hired before she was finished her second year of interior design with wow the builder with Ashcroft actually yeah oh that's fantastic yeah yeah it's exciting for me to see well thank you so much this has been such an interesting conversation thank you and uh yeah I, I'm just fascinated with all of it and as I say if if I could do it all over again that there's some I'm quite interested never in too those late programs. Donna it's <laughs> never too late yeah, no, I, I seriously, I, I, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the conversation. I would love to come back and share more if I ever have that chance. Um, but um, you guys are a great team. I thank you for, for even running this. I think it's an excellent idea and I'm excited to be a part. So thank you so much. Yeah, well, we have one last part that we ask you about. So we always finish up the podcast um, by asking about something that you've loved learning lately. As a group of educators, we all tend to be people that, that really love learning new things. And so um, this could be mm. anything. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to think. Oh, and I, and I, oh, what have I loved learning lately? Learning about people has been my biggest, 
how would you say this and not sound completely <laughs> insulting? I'm a systems person. Like I'm a left brain person. I'm math, computer science. I like, I love that. I love to know that if I spend long enough on this equation, I will get the answer, right? People aren't necessarily like that. And as much as I love people, and I would say I'm actually probably an empath. I'm also very left brain. So I'm a little bit of a strange personality type. Maybe it's that architect brain or whatever design brain. I think I've learned a lot about people in the last two years. How do people, how do you inspire people? How do you lead people? And I really think, oh, I'm almost going to cry at this idea. Um, leadership, I think is a servant role. And I think the more we serve, the more we're actually leading. And so learning about what makes people tick in terms of what do they value and how do we tap into that so that they too can, can uh, pay it forward to their students, I would say. I don't know if I'm an inspiring leader or not, to be honest. I know that we love each other in our team. Um, we work together in our team. We just are very much friends and, um, and coworkers. And I deeply care about the people I work with, but that would be maybe my greatest. And I seriously feel emotional talking about this because I think I've understood students for a long time, but to work with faculty and support where you're able to tap into their heart uh, who they are, and then lead, maybe that's what I'm learning and maybe have learned a bit about. So uh, I, I do hope that I can continue to work with wonderful people that are open. And then together, what can you achieve? Like, what can you achieve with a hundred open-minded people, let alone like five open-minded people? What could you achieve with a hundred open-minded people. I can't even imagine. So maybe I could sort of leave with that. Uh, it's been an area that's inspired me. It's an area I'm growing in. It's an area I'm learning to understand, like not everyone thinks like I do. So what motivates them? And, um, and again, another area to stay tuned. We'll see what comes of it. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Those are some great comments on leadership and, and it sounds very inspiring. So I think oh, good. that, uh, the people you work with will find that as well. I hope so. Thanks, Donna. This episode featured Donna McLaughlin as host and Cherry Bowker as guest. Georgiana Gagnon was our producer. Ryan Robinson was our sound technician and editor. Thank you also to Daryl Benebeck, Joel Godry, Kelsey Jansen, Tyler Wall, and Jamin Heller for their ongoing support and expertise. Our podcast is funded by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning, and Innovation, and recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. For more information and inspiration, check out learninginnovation.ca. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and follow us on your chosen platform. Thank you for listening and take care.